Welcome back, everybody. Vegas Fever Podcast. Uh, Jason and Paula here Hi. with you. Uh, we have a, a loaded, loaded show today, and we're going to start off um, talking with Stephen Marsh uh, from Ice Time Hockey West. Steve, thank you so much for coming on with us. Thank you. Yeah, no, my pleasure. I'm glad you could squeeze me in. I know you got you got the trading down. I just happy. Janice is getting ready to start, so there's a lot. So there's a lot going on in the, in the sports world right now. I think March is one of the best months for sports because you've got you got the hockey with the training that just happened. Of course, the push for the playoffs. Baseball starting up for spring training. And, of course, in basketball, of course, all the conference tournaments in March Madness starts up. So busy, busy month. Yeah, no, can't can't disagree. It's it's certainly a great time of year. Um, and, and the, you know, the trade deadline was was decent to the Golden Knights. I wouldn't say that they – uh, added huge pieces. I would say that they added what they needed, uh, and they got um, right. a Barbashev, a Bluger, and a Quick. And uh, I <laughs> yeah. think, I think that kind of works out Did for it? Vegas. From from your perspective, tell me, you know, tell yeah. us a little bit about. Uh, how you feel the Golden Knights did? Uh, did this make them better? And were you surprised maybe they didn't do a little bit more? First of all, who had that on their bingo card, right? Those guys, yeah. I know, <laughs> I know um, it, especially Jonathan Quick. I know it. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, I think, I think for what the their situation presented themselves, I think you know they they did have some cap space because of the the stuff with the Mark Stone. They have some LTIR space, but I think I think they they felt pretty good with the with the roster they have. I think it was just a matter of adding some pieces, maybe on and, and more of like an insurance thing like you look at the fours they've got although i ivan barbershev already has, has contributed in the line he's been in the lineup now four games he's already got two goals and three assists so he's already contributing he seems like he's 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 getting quite gelled in well with uh with jack eichel and, and jonathan marshall on that on that top line so i think he's already starting to settle in uh bluger from all the accounts that happened when he was traded was was very high on him and and they were really uh excited to have him and and just the energy he brings to the lineup and everything and and, and yeah, the Jonathan Quick thing, I think probably was the, the, a little bit of the surprising one. But when you think about what they gave up for Jonathan Quick, and actually for all these guys, they didn't have to give up. They didn't have to sell the farm. They didn't have to give up a whole lot. You know, they gave up, you know, a couple, some draft, some uh, upcoming draft picks. They, you know, they gave up a couple of prospects uh, that were playing mostly down in the AHL or ECHL level. Uh, for Quick, they gave up Hutchinson. So, I mean, it's, you know, and Hutchinson has an opportunity now in Columbus. So, I, I it's not like they had to give up guys on their current roster right now to get some guys you know they've done that before within the trading deadline they've made some big deals um but i think they felt at this time it wasn't they didn't need to do that and and the goaltending thing i think is more of just a of an insurance thing which has been said as much and i think because of uncertainty still about goaltending with a couple you know with logan thompson being out loren brosois being out uh, i think they're just and aiden hill was injured a little bit before so I think they were just worried about what well, what if Hill goes down, then then you're stuck with some AHL guys. So, um, and Quick, you know, and Quick has been, he hasn't been the Quick of old, but you know, he's mm-hmm. he's still he still can produce, and 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 who knows what how many opportunities he's going to get in the lineup. But I think I think he's going to provide um, something. He already had one opportunity on Sunday and was was good, and it was good enough to get to help the team get the win. So, I, I think the pickups were 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 fine. I think I think it's a matter of of what you need and. And I think all the guys are contributing well. I think with uh, the the barbershop thing too, is there some some familiarity there with uh, with coming in with Alex Petrangelo? I think that that helps. Obviously, Jonathan Quick knows some guys from his LA days. 
uh, with Martinez and McNabb and, and Hutton for a brief time and, and also Mario. So I think the familiarity too helps those guys that are coming in get adjusted uh, much better. Yeah, it kind of leads into the next topic that we want to talk about about the the goalie mm-hmm. situation. Before we before we get to mm-hmm. that, though, we have you know Stephen Marsh on from uh, Ice Time Hockey West uh, joining us. Much appreciated that you can do so. Jonathan yeah. Quick is out to prove a lot of things: two Stanley Cups early in his career, and then a handful of years of not the best hockey. And you know he comes up. He comes up the freeway four hours to Vegas with something to prove after being traded to Columbus. And, for five he, and, he, and, he, and he drove to L.A. too, or he drove to Vegas from L.A. too. And he was, we, somebody asked him about that. Did you fly or did you drive? And he, he, he drove, so he had some time to, to think about that. So, yeah, he, he literally did drive into town uh, after the trade. You know, and I had read something about that, and it, 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 it's just kind of um, interesting. He didn't like the trade to Columbus. And um, it worked out for him. They were able to send uh, send poor Michael Hutchinson on his birthday. They sent him to Columbus and <laughs> yeah, yeah. back. Um, and it just kind of works out. I'm really, really interested to see how he does in a crowded goalie room. Now you have when fully healthy, of course, you have right. Rogan Thompson, you have Aiden Hill, you have Laurent Brassois. There possibly might be Robin Leonard, um, a, you know, Aiden Hill. I'm not sure if I said that. I'm sure I did. But you know what I mean? Here we are. And, and Jonathan Quick. So we're crowded. And my question to you is, when the dust settles, either the end of this year or early next year, what do you think? What's your feeling on the Golden Knights goalie room uh, maybe when we begin next season? Well, I, I think the quick, I think the, first of all, I think the Jonathan quick thing, I think because, you know, he, this was the last year of his contract with LA. So he, he's going to be a free agent. Uh, so he, I think the, the, the quick thing is more of just, uh, I guess, a rental kind of thing. I think, you know, it, it is going to be interesting because as we know, Robin Leonard is out for this year, but you know, what that what does that vote for next year? And, and I don't know, some people, some people are getting the vibe that he may not, end up ever playing for the Golden Knights again. There's just a lot there with, with Leonard right now with, uh, and we won't get into that, but just, just with, with his health. I mean, is, is he going to be able to, you know, all this time out, is he going to be able to get back to, to true form that he was at at one point? Um, you know, there's the off the ice stuff that, that come out about him. I, I don't know if that'll affect his, his prospects of being with the team anymore or not, but you know, I, I just, I, and of course you got Logan Thompson and, and Brossois and, and Aiden Hill, and yeah, and, and there's a lot of guys there. But I think I think their their focus right now is getting through the rest of the regular season. But I think even the the playoffs. You know, Kelly McCrimmon has said as much uh, a few times, and I know some people don't always want to take what the, the general manager says, uh, but the, it is what's out there. And he, you know, he said that he thinks that Logan Thompson or expects him to act before the end of the regular season. But I. I to be honest, I don't know because you now are twenty games now, or just under twenty games left. Uh, they say he's also not out on the ice yet. Uh, you know, injury is a little bit newer, so he's not out on the ice yet. So the likelihood of those two guys coming back before the end of the regular season, I don't know. It seems unlikely, but you know, if it does happen, you know, I mean, the the thing with Quick too is, you know, let's so he was traded from LA, so obviously the the situation there, they're looking to contend, they're trying to. Yeah, they have Phoenix Copley, who's a really good 
young goaltender, and he's he's doing well. Uh, they also have some other guys, uh, and the guy that they got from Columbus uh, got into the game the other night. So you know, it's it's I think for Quick and, and the situation in Columbus, he wasn't going to be going to a contending team. Now he's with the contending team, and I think at this point in Quick's career, you know, I think he understands that you know his opportunities may not be as as grand as he once had. And I, I think his play shows that. I mean, obviously his numbers haven't been as good. He's had some good moments, but you know, obviously his numbers over the last four or five years have not been uh, as good. Um, but here he comes to a Vegas team, and I think if anything, he brings expertise. He brings, you know, he brings the the, the two Stanley Cup uh, years that he the runs that he had with LA and and subsequent playoff years where they didn't win. Um, I, to be honest, it, uh, let me let me just say this as a personal aside. It, to me, it was a little strange Sunday seeing him in the goal because I just, I think everyone is so used to seeing him in the in the in the silver and the black for the uh, Kings, and and yeah, I mean, we understand that things happen, trades happen. I think the world of hockey, we know that people come and go now, but I, I just think with Quick because it was obviously towards getting towards the end of his career, some were speculating maybe he was going to retire at the end of the season, and that may still happen. So that's the other thing; he may retire. He may just say, "I'm, I, I don't want to play anymore." So then. Then that issue won't be there. But I think the fact that he's not he's not going to be under contract, you know, then then the goaltending situation can can figure out in the off season whenever that may be. Hopefully, it's after a deep run, what they hope, and in, in a Stanley Cup run. So, um, you know, and and again, with Thompson not on the ice yet, Brossois not on the ice yet. I I just don't know how soon they're going to be back. They they say that Thompson will be back before the end of the regular season. I don't know if that's the case. Uh, Brossois, I don't know. So I mean. For quick, it gives him an opportunity right now while it's just him and Hill. And and I think if you're quick, you just you take the opportunities you're presented to him. And, and if you play well, then then maybe they'll have another look at you. But, you know, obviously right now, I think they're still uh, high on Thompson, obviously, and, and Hill are the main, main guys and Brassois, too. I mean, I mean, gosh, if those, all those three guys come back, you've got those three you've got to worry about, too. But. Uh, maybe send one down to Henderson if, if they're still in the, in the AHL playoffs. But uh, it, I guess it's a situation they're probably thinking about behind the scenes, but they're not there yet because Thompson and Brassois are out, and who knows how long they're going to say that. Like I said, there's conflicting things about that. If if he's going to return the regular season, if he's not, if he's going to play in the, you know, if if they how far they go into the playoffs. But um, I guess it's a good problem to have in a way, and and you can have I think three goalies on the roster in the playoffs, so it's it wouldn't be an issue. And then you can just play whoever is the hot hand, I guess, at that point. I mean, you know, it makes sense. And I was just kind of thinking about it with all these goalies that, that the Golden Knights have. Um, uh, the AHL team, the Henderson Silver Knights can have a really good goalie room. You know what I mean? You could really, you could use Brassois and Hill, you know, in, in Henderson. And then all of a sudden you can, you can have, if, if Jonathan Quick comes back, you know, he is, you know, he could be with Logan Thompson and that could be their one, two. 37 years old though, do, you know, do, does Jonathan Quick come back? If not... If if he gets you a Stanley Cup, it's completely worth it in my mind. You you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, uh, Columbus ended up on a half uh, on the hook for half of yeah. of, of Jonathan Quick's salary, and he, and they had him for thirteen mm-hmm. seconds. I mean, that is yeah. that, that's fantastic. So what ends up happening yeah. is is that you got this guy for cheap. He gets you yeah. a cup. Now, if it doesn't work out that way, then you've got other things. You know, like you said, you have some other things to worry about, but. 
Quick and Thompson could be basically, and this is going to be our Mark Andre Fleury moment of the show here. We have every show. This Mark Andre Fleury moment. Uh, it's it's it, you know let's say say this brought to you by Inside the Rink. Uh, Inside the Rink is uh, the platform that we do our show from. Uh, Inside the Rink dot com. Uh, Inside underscore at underscore the rink on Twitter. Be sure and check them out. Podcasts and articles <laughs> galore. So with that being said, our Mark uh, our Mark Andre Fleury moment here would be that this is the Golden Knights opportunity to. Right a few wrongs because Jonathan Quick is a Hall of Famer. Now, Jonathan Quick can work with young Logan Thompson like I thought Marc-Andre Fleury would be able to work Mm. with young Logan Thompson. Mm. He can be – there's your bridge because is Logan ready? Logan has shown that he has been, and he has been fantastic. He's been able to do a lot of things this year for the Golden Knights prior to injury. But you've got this veteran with cups, right? And Mm. and so he's – he right now, he's the guy. So with that kind of, with that type of conversation with quick and right now Hill, as soon as these other guys come back for the playoffs, what are you thinking for playoff time? We're going to get from the golden Knights. Are they going to win a first round game or first round series, second round series? Are they going to get to the West finals? Are they going to get to the cup finals or more? What do you say about that? Well, I think, I think they, I think the Pacific. Well, I mean, it's it's interesting because I was actually you know they're they're playing on the road right now or on this week and or they're on the East Coast this week and and I, and they've actually done pretty good against the East Coast teams. And then you think about the divisional teams this year, which has normally been a strength of this franchise and, and has done really well against the division in the past. And they've kind of they've kind of struggled a little bit against the division this year. So, you know, it's it's kind of interesting if it, you know. The, they're going to probably be in. I mean, right now the math. I think they're they're in the playoffs. I, it's just so close right now between one, two, three. I mean, who, who knows how it's going to shake out there? But you know, I think I think they probably will win a first round. And, and then the other thing too is we don't know. Uh, and I know this is part of it too is the injury thing, which I'm sure we were going to get to. But you know, it, it just depends on what the roster. I mean, if Mark Stone comes, if Mark Stone can come back at some point in the playoffs, which I don't know. And then now you've got. Uh, carrier out and then you've got uh and, and that sounds like it's probably a season ending thing they said it definitely so i just don't know how you know so that's why they, they the pickups they got really are more important now because had they not gotten those and the trade deadline passed and then you know the injuries happened to carrier and of course was still out then then you are having to rely on ahl guys but right now with the pickups they got i, I think they can at least win around i you know winning the stanley cup right now uh i, I really think it's boston's uh team it's boston's cup to lose at this point they've just been so dominant all year and of course that's not always to say it produces success in the playoffs but uh they are really a dominant team and and some of the top teams in the in the east right now have good records but you know vegas has done pretty well against the east team so if if they can get out of the west i i think they do have a of a chance but you know it's one thing to play a team once or twice in a row but you're going to play a team over a seven game series you know, can can a team start to figure figure things out with with the other team? And you know, Cassidy's has done pretty good. You know, getting wins and losses, but you know, the more wins and losses. But the other thing too is over a seven game series, can can they sustain that and and win a four out of seven series? And and I don't know because they'll have some really solid games, and then there'll be some kind of not so solid games. Uh, the Hill Hill stole a game the other night that they probably shouldn't have won. 
Well, that's what you need in the playoffs. You're going to need games like that. So if they can get something like that, then I think they have a a chance. I'd like to think that they'll can make a deep run. You know, again, it's just some unknowns with if Mark Stone is a big factor in this, if if he's going to even be able to play at all the rest of this, this season, I think he just brings so much to their lineup that, I mean, and they've tried to, they've tried to, you know, they've tried to replace it or at least fill it a little bit, but it just, there's just, he just brings so much to their lineup. Uh, uh, and, and they're doing a decent job, I think, of having him around the team, even though he's he's not skating with them. He's still, I think, in the locker room with them at times and, you know, after games or before games and there. So I think that, that helps. But still, just not having him on the ice is a big thing. Carrier was having a career year, and now he's out for probably the rest of the year. I mean, that doesn't sound like it was, when they say indefinitely and hope the news is worse than we'd hope, that doesn't sound like it's going to be a good a good thing. So, you know, now you don't have him. And so, you know, the additions you picked up will help you. But, you know, can those subtractions get you to a Stanley Cup? And then the goaltending thing we, we is the other thing. And I just don't know. I, I, I want to be optimistic and say they're going to win a Cup. But I, I just I don't know because they are winning. But are they the type of wins that they're getting? Is that going to sustain over a playoff run? Yeah. So Mark Stone out for the rest of the year, most likely. Um, they get him back for the playoffs. Who knows what condition he's really in. He's rusty. He, you know, it's going to take to get into the flow of the game. It's going to take a little while to do that. You've got Will Carrier. He's probably done for probably the rest of the year. I mean, like you said, indefinitely, we don't really know. Um, Mm -hmm. Nick Waugh is out too. I think Nick Waugh is probably the one that's going to be back the soonest, but, um, You know, between those guys, like you said, addition by subtraction, I I think Vegas has that window that's still open. It's it's closing, but it's still open at this point. Um, Stephen Marsh uh, from Ice Time Hockey uh, West is with us uh, on this first part of a, of a big, big show for us. Um, before we get you out of here, tell us a little bit about what's going on at Ice Time Hockey West and, and what you guys going on, uh, got going on there. Well, yeah, we're, we're, we're gearing up. So we, we do a lot with the, the NCA that my cohort, Scott uh, Strandy, who's kind of started this thing about seven years ago, started out as Ice Time Hockey Southwest, but we've kind of expanded. Now it's Ice Time Hockey West. And, and so he, he's, he's more, he's gearing up on the NCAA side. There's a lot of that going on. Of course, we have the, uh, we have the ACHA that we, we focus on too, and, and they're getting ready for the uh, ACHA uh, national tournament uh, in Boston coming up there and UNLV. Uh, here locally is in that and and we're hoping to to be there in in person to to cover that so we're looking at that and then and then of course the 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 professional side of things the ahl and the nhl playoffs will be gearing up soon and we hope to to have that for you we 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 did we started doing a a youtube show called the pro hockey west report which we started and we took a break from that but we're looking to restart that probably in a uh, real soon in, in a podcast form. So that, that should be coming out, but we still are very active on, on Twitter and stuff, putting stuff out there from, from when I'm at games and when, when Scott goes to stuff on our different uh, Twitter accounts for different levels of that would cover. So uh, that's kind of what we got going on. So yeah, we, we're, we're gearing up to be quite busy uh, here in the next few weeks here between the, uh, between an ACHA coverage and then of course on uh, his NCAA coverage. And then, and then we'll be in green to hopefully in the, playoff runs here for and, and 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 while i'm based in vegas and i most do we we do try to we do try to get some coverage for the other uh, west teams too whether it be in the, in the ahl which would be the whole pacific division and uh the nhl too some but our, our main our, our real niche is the is we're trying to get with the, with the ahl because there's not a lot as much coverage at the ahl level and so we try to bring more more of that and 
Uh, but we are, of course, ingrained in the NHL too, because it all kind of it all kind of connects. So, um, so that's kind of what we got got going on. So quite a busy time, as you said. You you got busy stuff is with the different things going on. Just the hockey side of things, it's going to ramp up it. too. I know it. Yeah, you know, and it's crazy how much the how much the the West Coast and and, and loss has grown when it comes to yeah. professional hockey on different levels. Um, UNLV becoming a, a really a, a powerhouse uh, in the ACHA. Um, it's just yeah. it's a great time to be a hockey fan. It's a great time to be well, to be out to be out west and uh, and, there, and, and there's a lot of and there's a lot of buzz for for UNLV too that they might get to NCAA level. There's more teams kind of forming in the in the NCAA ranks or for college hockey. Uh, Lindenwood, actually a team that just joined this year. After they won the, I was in St. Louis last year when the uh, Lindenwood won the ACHA national championships, and then they they make the jump to to the NCAA uh, level and. And UNLV, I think, is is trying to get to that level, and and I think they they probably will eventually. There's some things I think they need to factor out or, or need to get worked out, but I think in time, I think that's going to happen. And and why not more teams out west? I think that's the goal is to get more West Coast teams involved in the uh, NCAA uh, hockey ranks because, as you said, hockey is is growing out west, especially um, with what we have uh, professionally, certainly, and uh, and of course the, the college and even just in youth hockey a lot of people i mean you go to a city national arena here in summerlin or you go out to lifeguard arena now in henderson and any time of the day there's there's something going on there whether it's uh whether it's some an open skate or or youth hockey thing or a men's league thing or some sort of hockey tournaments or of course practices for the the the, the professional teams as well so uh, there's there's so much going on too uh with that and i think there's there's a lot of uh, uh interest in and wanting people wanting to play and obviously the arrival of the golden knights here six years ago now the henderson silver knights uh, i think is a big part of that unlv has been a benefit of that because they were able to get a locker room in city national arena that they use and maybe obviously play their home games there so that's obviously helped just having that facility has helped propel their program to where they are so it's it kind of all it kind of all connects Stephen Marsh, Ice Time Hockey West. Uh, follow him at smarsh91 on Twitter and Ice Time SW also on Twitter. Steve, thank you so much and that, for coming on. And with that's us. the main account. That's the main account. But we also are, are the Pro Hockey West report. One is Pro Hockey underscore West. Uh, so that's where we do a lot of that stuff. And then uh, and then the the AHL or the ACHA one is ACHA underscore ITHSW. So there's a couple different accounts. The Ice Time SW is the main one. Uh, and Scott mostly looks at that one, but uh, we retweet different across the different accounts. So, uh, but the Pro Hockey West report, where you're going to see a lot of when I'm at the NHL stuff or at the AHL stuff, uh, Pro Hockey underscore West. And, and we're hoping to get that show going again in some form. I think we're going to do it as a podcast, eventually get it back to to a video form, and and really get ramp that up once once we're able to. So uh, look for that eventually as well. That's exciting. Very exciting. Yeah, absolutely. Steve, thank you so much for coming thank on you. with us. We'll talk to you again. Okay. Okay, sounds good, guys. Thanks for having me on. Bye. Thank you so much. Bye bye. Stephen Marsh, Ice Time Hockey Southwest. I love it. Um, good stuff going on there. Um, got a real packed show. Have another guest to get to before we get to him. Uh, we want to tell you that our show is also brought to you by Vegas Varsity. Uh, at Vegas Varsity on Twitter, VegasVarsity.com. Um, Merch for young, merch for old. Uh, anything in Vegas that you might be interested in, whether Perfect it's time for March Madness. Yep. Um, Got lots of stuff, Rebels. Mm-hmm. Lots of stuff, Raiders. Lots of stuff, Golden Knights. It even goes into high school. He's got it all at Vegas Varsity. Uh, VegasVarsity.com. Uh, so, with that being said, we've got 
uh, another guest, uh, Tom Mosser. Uh, he's from the Mountain West Wire. Uh, we are going to welcome him in hi. and say <laughs> hi to him. Tom, how are you? I'm fine. Jason, Paula, how are you guys doing? Thanks for having me. Good. Thank you. For Fantastic. Me. Thank you so much for having us. It's a crazy, crazy, hectic time of year. I know for you, uh, as well as a lot of people in the college basketball universe. Um, we're going to get to our brackets here in just a second. We're going to make some picks and we're, we're going to see th this is always, you know, fix that go, never go wrong. Right. Um, That's right. Uh, but before we get to that, UNLV season, uh, 18 and 12 back-to-back -back 18 win seasons for Kevin Kruger. He can add to that tomorrow uh, afternoon out West against air force. But from your standpoint, you know, you're on the East coast like me, you love yourself some Mountain West basketball. God bless you. Staying up all kinds of times a night. <laughs> what have you seen from UNLV this year that makes you think that that maybe we're on to something in, in, in Vegas with this program? Well, I'd, I'd feel more confident in answering that if, the, if they would have um, been up you know, around 20 wins a little bit more. As you said, same totals last year. Uh, started out like gangbusters, right? They they were one of the final six or seven unbeaten teams in the country. Everybody talks about New Mexico being the final unbeaten. UNLV was right there in, in December, um, one of six or six or seven last unbeatens in the country. Um, now, part of that was due to a soft schedule, but they also, they had an incredible amount of, of uh, momentum going the way their defense played, right? They, they were causing 20 turnovers a game. They were just, they were playing like their hair was on fire and that's contagious. Um, the, the juices were flowing. Uh, it was all just positive. Um, what you know, unfortunately a loss sometimes starts to unravel some things maybe. And, um, you know, I don't want to say that at times they look disjointed, but I don't know that they were as cohesive a unit as some of the other teams that we've seen in the Mountain West are. Um, now, part of that is due to, to injuries, right? They had a couple guys in and out of the lineup, some contributors that they were counting on. Elijah Parquet missed, missed a bunch of uh, most of the season, really. Um, and he, he's a key, like, glue guy that you need for, for the defense that Coach Kruger likes to run. Um, but, but really, you know, when, when things – went south it's because the level the energy level dropped um and that that's that's not a good sign like you don't like to see that you can live if i'll just we'll take fresno state as an example they've struggled this year because they can't shoot the ball okay their effort is there every night and they're in every game they just can't get over the hump because they can't make shots now that's equally frustrating as a fan you don't sit there and say well you know we tried and we you're not happy because you lost but when, when you see some some signs of, of, of maybe like not being as together or as cohesive a unit, you know, that that's when when you start to bring some questions in. So um, I like Coach Kruger. Obviously, it's in his blood. He's learned a lot from his Hall of Fame coach father. Um, I think he's got a bright future. Um, he, he, he needs to learn a, a little bit and, and maybe not be so stubborn in some ways uh, moving forward. Yeah. 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 But, um pretty much brings us to our next point. What are your predictions for him keeping his job? There's been so much talk about a lot. Yeah. yeah. yeah I mean, <laughs> right. You, you, you know, it's hard to, to, to block it out. If you're coach Kruger, if you know, the fan base, they want more. Right. And, and here, here's the variable. So, so he's, he's only been given two years. So most coaches are given more than two years to get a program going. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but 
look what happened with the football program. Okay. Mm-hmm. New AD, Eric Harper comes in. Um, now Marcus Arroyo, they didn't have a great year, but they, they improved. They showed signs of improvement. Um, they got off to a good start. Doug Brumfeld got hurt at quarterback. They finished five and seven. If Brumfield plays the whole year, they probably make a bowl game and Arroyo probably saves his job, but he didn't, they didn't. And I think, I think most people thought it was kind of a surprise firing. Now, mm-hmm. Harper, they seem to make a good hire, Barry Odom, a lot of, um, you know, momentum around the program now, some excitement, some buzz around the program. So it seems to be a good hire. But the point is, Harper still had a quick hook on a football coach who was starting to build some things there, right? right so you right. see some similarities because Coach Kruger, he has to feel like he's building something too. And you need more than two years, really. But, um, you know, UNLV, they're trying to to um, to get into in talks with the Pac-12, right? They want to move conferences. So so maybe Harper, uh, who knows what kind of talks he's in with. You you say you hear a lot of buzz. There's names floating everywhere, right? And maybe mm-hmm. he wants to make a splashy hire. There's somebody out there by the name of Rick Patino. You know, you might have heard of him, right? His his son coaches at, at New Mexico, right? Um, he, he, he would he would fit right in in the glitz and glamour of Vegas. And he's probably got one more run on him at a, at a bigger school that's a basketball school and and you know it might be here on the east coast at a georgetown or st john's or a place like that but um, that was just an example maybe harper wants to make a splashy hire so uh, to answer your question paula i don't think he will be let go um but i guess i shouldn't be surprised if it happens it's probably honestly close to a a 50 50 toss maybe leaning a little bit more towards towards him staying yeah, it's UNLV. It's it's uh, it's unpredictable. It's, I mean, that's basically right. what we've been discussing the yeah. last couple times we've done our podcast. Is I, I want to say no, and you know that they're going to give him a chance. But yeah, I know. mean, there's been a lot of talk, and the thing about it is that I've been hearing about Rick Pitino for 22 years, <laughs> and Rick Pitino, UNLV screwed themselves with Rick Pitino a long time ago, right? And they've done it a couple times, and I think that. If you're not going to pay a coach more than two million a year, and by more I mean like five mm-hmm. plus, if you're not going to do that, you can't play with big boys. You're just not going to. You're going to get you're going to get a TJ Otzelberger. You're going to get you're going to get a Marvin Menzies. You just are. You, you yeah. know what I mean? Unless unless you want to make a, a, a better hire, uh, okay. Kevin was given the reins. He didn't have any coaching experience. His father, like you said, well, I mean, head coach, head coaching, right? He didn't have any head coaching experience. He was a lifetime assistant. You know, he was an assistant for years. His father, like you said, Hall of Fame. I think, you know what I mean? A previous athletic, you know, director administration gave him this job. I just think you've got to let it lie and leave him there and let him build something. If you're going to retread every two to three, four years, you're just not going to get anything. Yeah, well, well, I agree with that because what what happens then is maybe you make a you make a home run hire. So let's say they get rid of Kruger and they bring somebody else in. If if they do that and he turns a program around in two years, what's going to happen? The chances are he gets called away to maybe a Pac-12 or a Big 12 school and trade exactly. in his mind trades up. Mm-hmm. And I think Kevin Kruger, to be I think to be honest, look what it, Lon stayed here for long. He would be content to stay here, build the program. He doesn't need to go anywhere else. His dad and his parents come. 
yeah, his parents come to the games. They they like being a part of it, right? So you have someone who wants to be here. Um, he just, you know, learning curve, right? He needs to just get a little bit, you know, more experience and, and start to maybe, you know, make a, a change or two here and, and be uh, willing to make some adjustments on the fly. And, and I think he can get it going. Yeah, I absolutely agree with mm-hmm. that. You know, I mean, we got there is so much there is so much conversation going on here. We, we got what we got to do. We got to do Mountain West brackets. That's what we got to okay. do. I mean, I could do a whole. I could we we could do a whole episode. I could do a, I could do forty five minutes to an hour. We could talk about UNLV, and that and that will probably happen at some point. But um, what we're gonna do is, I guess we'll go around each of us. We'll make a pick, and then we'll kind of continue with the games. So tomorrow. Uh, afternoon, everything gets started. Uh, we've got Colorado State. We got Fresno State. The eight nine game. Tom, who do you have? So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the underdog here. I'm gonna go with Fresno State in an upset. Um, obviously, Isaiah Stevens gonna be the best player on the floor, um, but Fresno State a little bit better, um, a lot better, a lot better defensively. Um, and I just think uh, away from home, Colorado State they might struggle a bit, and I think Fresno pulls one out here. Fresno it is. Uh, let's do UNLV, the seven seed against the 10 seed Air Force. Who do you have? So some news today. I guess uh, Keyshawn Gilbert is suspended for the game. Uh, he was ejected from a little contact early on against Nevada on Saturday. And so he's going to have to sit out, which thins the bench a little bit. Now, UNLV was able to, to get the win on Saturday without Gilbert for a majority of the game. And they'll have enough bodies. But this isn't going to be easy. They played two weeks ago and and – you want to be literally stole the game in the last few seconds with a heartless steal and layup. Otherwise that would have been a, a bad home loss to air force. So this is not going to be easy. I also think the time of the game tomorrow is what one thirty local time in the afternoon. So the home court advantage is going to be basically null. They're not going to have much of a home court advantage at all on a Wednesday afternoon. So um, yeah, nobody think, will be there. Right. Yeah. So I, I think it'll be a close game. Yeah. But I think, uh, I think you will be a pull it out. Okay, let's go UNLV. All right. New Mexico, number six seed, Wyoming, the 11 seed. Uh, who do you got? Well, I mean, a lot of people talk in New Mexico here to make runs deep into this tournament. This is not a good matchup for New Mexico. Wyoming is long. Um, they're not very deep because they have so many injuries and they've had, in- had injuries all year. But they have length. And and New Mexico's guards, Mashburn and House, primarily for as good as they are, they're not very tall. And so that presents a problem. So this is not going to be easy, um, and I, I, I don't quite have the courage to pick Wyoming. Uh, I think it'll be similar to the UNLV game. Uh, it's going to be close, but New Mexico pulls it out. New Mexico it is. Now we've got, eight, now we've got our eight teams. Um, Thursday, we'll start Thursday. I guess it'll be uh, right at noon there. Uh, San Diego State, Fresno State, uh, what say you? So these two played a few weeks ago, and it was um, 45-43, not exactly an offensive masterpiece. Um, both teams are, are defensive-oriented and defensive-minded. So I think an early start for both teams, San Diego State will have been off for close to a week, maybe a little bit of celebration hangover after winning the Mountain West Conference regular season title. So I think Fresno's going to hang in there for a while, ultimately just too much talent on San Diego State's roster, and I, I think they'll move on. Um, four or five game, uh, could be a toss up. I, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm not really, I'm not really buying San Jose state. We'll get into that in a minute. Uh, four or five game, Nevada, uh, San Jose state. Who do you got? So 
unfortunately, because I'm a I'm a amazed at what San Jose State's done this year, right? Tim mm-hmm. Miles uh, correctly, deservedly so, awarded Coach of the Year today in the conference, and likewise Omari Moore named Player of the Year by the coaches, much deserved as well. So um, they've had a great season. Uh, this is probably, with the exception maybe of San, San Diego State, this is the worst matchup they could have drawn. They were beaten badly twice by Nevada. Now, Nevada, on the other hand, they had a, a disastrous week. They, they lost to Wyoming and then, of course, to UNLV on Saturday when they blew an eight-point lead with two minutes left. They now find themselves like in a very precarious situation here in, in terms of making the NCAA tournament. They are all squarely on a bubble, and basically every bracketologist that you find or follow, they're, they might need this game to, to solidify their spot, and even then they might not be safe. Uh, and I just I just worry about how they're trending, but I, I also just think it's a bad matchup for San Jose, so I'll, I'll take the Wolfpack. Nevada it is. Boise State, the two-seed, uh, gets UNLV on their home floor on Thursday evening. What do you got? Yeah, and so these two, uh, their two matchups this year in Vegas a long time ago, Boise, they drilled them. And I was at a stretch when the Broncos, they were just unconscious from three-point land for like a three or four-game stretch. And they just shot um, UNLV to death and beat them by almost 20 at the Thomas and Mack. They played less than two weeks ago in, in Boise. And it was a one, two possession game the whole way. Broncos ended up winning by about four. Um, but that's what I see on Thursday. I think it's going to go right down to the wire. Uh, I just think the veteran experience and the coaching of Leon Rice is a bit too much. And I think Boise ekes out a, a small win. Boise State. Uh, let's go Utah State, New Mexico in the 3-6 game Thursday night. So he, here is um, Utah State. A lot of lot of buzz about Utah State right now too. They just went in and into Thomas and Mac a week ago and drilled UNLV on Senior Night by 25. Um, really made UNLV quit if, if if we're being honest, right? They gave up the last 15 minutes of that game, and and Utah State they, then they drilled Boise State uh, on Saturday. So they're playing very well when they are clicking. They're they're fun to watch offensively. They they can just get it going. It's like I've written before. It's like a snowball rolling downhill. That they just pick up momentum and they're going. Um, they they hammered New Mexico uh, in Logan uh, halfway through the season, so they have to feel good about their chances here. But I, I just think New Mexico. They're such a, a hot and cold team. They can beat anybody. They can lose to anybody. And I think they got one little burst in them here. And I think they're going to pull the slight upset over Utah State. New Mexico in the semis. Um, Friday night, uh, we'll go to this. The 1-4 game is San Diego State and Nevada. Uh, What do you got? Uh, So one of the few losses San Diego State took in the conference this year was in Reno. Nevada got them by a few. A well-played game. Uh, When they played in in San Diego, the Aztecs drilled them. Uh, So this will be the rubber match. I just think San Diego State – they just have too many ways to beat you. They, I referenced the 45-43 game against Fresno, but they can score in their 70s too. They, they have some, some added weapons that they haven't had in the past. They're also the deepest team in the conference. Uh, Coach Dutcher runs nine guys out there routinely, and they can all play. They can't all score, but they all serve their purpose and roles, and he's got a bunch of different guys that can make shots. Uh, and I just think there's just too much balance and depth for the Aztecs, and I'll slide them through to the final. Uh, who meets San Diego State in the final, Boise State or New Mexico? Uh, 
So this is a tough one for me. These are the two teams that I've probably written about and followed the most all season. I, I, I really am fond of both teams. Uh, I, I'm disappointed that New Mexico's kind of, you know, dropped a few late and worked their way out of the tournament conversation because I would have loved to have seen them in the big dance. Uh, I think Boise's fantastic. Um, I like their players. Something tells me that New Mexico has it in them to pull one last shocker, make it to the final, and eke by Boise State in a classic. Wow. That's something. Six seed New Mexico all the runs all the way to the final to meet San Diego State, uh, the regular season Mountain West champions. Um, a staple, basically, in the Mountain West uh, championship game uh, for many, many years. Aztecs, Lobos, who is your 2023 Mountain West tournament champion? Well, uh, it's no fun to pick the chalk in anything, right? You like to go for the long shots. That's kind of why I threw New Mexico in there over Boise. It's difficult to repeat in these things. Boise State won it last year. I think they'll have a difficult time repeating. So I don't like to go chalk all the time, but I think this is San Diego State's to lose. In addition to that, if New Mexico gets this far, it'll be their fourth game in four days. And on mm. top of that, they're not very deep. They don't go much more than seven, uh, eight at max, but they're not getting a lot of minutes once they get past seven or eight. I think their legs will be tired. They just will have come off of wins over Utah State and either Boise State or UNLV. They're going to have to put max effort out there to get to this point. And I think the depth from San Diego State is too much. Um, and, and it's just going to end the dream run for the Lobos. Well, there you have it, folks. Tom Mosser makes his uh, yeah. Mountain West Conference tournament predictions here on our show. Um, Can you imagine if it was all correct? And um, we'll have to post. Yeah, if, paper. <laughs> yeah, 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 if it is, it's getting posted. All right. Deal, deal. Uh, that's for sure. Um, you want to do yours? No, I was interested in. Hmm. We'll do ours privately <laughs> because Fair last enough. year was an absolute disaster. <laughs> last year was a disaster. Yeah. Yeah. I was first going to tell you, let's wait to put uh, publish this until after the tournament, because if it's way off, then I don't want to, people are going to think, wait, this guy watches the games all year, but that's what happens in, in, in the tournament, right? You watch exactly. games all year and then you fill out the bracket and it's, it's busted by the first weekend. So <laughs> yes. that's true. I don't know when we do, we do, NCAA tournament. We've done it a couple of years. We've done, we do our NCAA tournament picks right when the field comes out and she is better than me and she doesn't watch anything. No, and, and I, it's I, just I, like, I, it's like, what color are they? Right, like, uh, they're just, orange. Do, I'm going to go with that. I just like the, either the name or the color, what sounds good. So, you yep, know, she's, how I do it. <laughs> I mean, that's honestly the luck of the drug. That's how it goes in the tournament. Once you Absolutely. get into the tournament, yeah. it's, that's exactly how it is. Yep. Um, yeah, there's no there's no guarantee that just because you watch more games that that you know how it's going to play out. But that that's the beauty of these tournament settings, right? The big tournament and the beauty of something like this, right? I, I could I could have you could you and I could we could film this eight times and I could literally come up with eight different scenarios. So um, that's the that's why we like it. For sure. So before we get you out of here, uh, wanted to thank you once again for yes, coming thank on. You. Um, Tom Mosser uh, at Coach Mosser on Twitter. Uh, he does some writing for the Mountain West Wire uh, at uh, MW Wire on Twitter as well. Uh, what do you guys got going on there uh, at the Mountain West Wire? And then we'll get you out of here. So a lot of a lot of tournament content right now, previews on teams and how they can win it. Uh, I just actually put a preview up this, uh, this afternoon on uh, the three opening round games tomorrow. 
Um, so we'll update it with stuff every day, uh, some recaps, some previews. And then, of course, once the field is selected, we'll have some more things on the matchups between hopefully we get three or four teams from the Mountain West into the tournament. But uh, we'll put some content up on that. There's also right now uh, a lot of spring football obviously going on. So uh, different writers are, are putting their teams up. We've seen some stuff from Fresno State on there. We've seen some stuff from Boise State, San Diego State. Um, I've been obviously way too busy with what's going on with basketball here to focus on the football yet. But uh, once the basketball stuff slows down, you know, we'll get into the spring football stuff and you know, take a little bit of a lull over the summer before it heats back up uh, right before the season starts. You know, obviously college baseball is not a very um, followed sport, so you don't really have a lot going on in the late spring and early summer. Fantastic. Thank Good stuff, you. Tom. Thank you, Tom, for coming on with us. Uh, we appreciate you. We'll we'll keep an eye on this bracket for you, and we'll let you know, and we'll let yeah. you know how that's going. Don't worry, I'll be following every result and hoping I don't sound like too much of a fool. But I appreciate you guys having me on. You got a great show, and um, you know, uh, thanks for uh, having me. No problem. Thank you, sir.